You know what it is today? It's a cold, gray, wet, late November day. Dismal, chilly. But here, in the very warm, bright, and hopeful Smart Start MN studio, it's time to kick off another episode of The Brian Oak Show, episode 109 of this podcast, made possible by the good people at Smart Start MN and SmartStartMN.com. And my name is Brian Oak, joined over there by business partner, friend, producer, stalker, Sean Bernard. <laughs> How are you, Sean? Just because I plan out in front of your house with a tent for two weeks does not make me a stalker. You can't get those military binoculars on the commercial (laughs) market, man. They don't exist. You can't get those anywhere. It's good to see your face. And, you know, here we are the day after Thanksgiving. And um, I know that this year has sucked out loud. And so it has become more important than ever. If there's hope in your heart, ever of any size the tiniest sliver the tiniest ray of light in a in an unbelievable cavern of darkness if there's any empathy in your heart for your fellow person your fellow human being any of it this is the time and i know it sounds cliche and i know it's uphill for everybody and has been for so long and whether it's something as mundane and everyday as wearing a mask or losing your livelihood or God, heaven forbid, losing loved ones, whatever the case may be, this has been a year like no other. And I admitted, I started talking about back in May how I fucking hate unprecedented times, but they are unprecedented. But I have decided I'm not going to, as stupid and upside down and weird and challenging as this year has been, I am not ever giving up hope. I, If anything... 2020 has only reinforced that in me because otherwise, why wake up in the morning? Why get the fuck out of bed? Why bother trying at all if you're not still looking for the good? You're not still trying to create something. You're not still trying to, even if it means going to the kitchen and making your kids' favorite peanut butter and raisin toast and looking at the smile, you have to find the miracles that happen all around us constantly. I'm not a religious man. I'm not a man of faith, but I believe in miracles in the sense of the wonder of the universe. Of it, it's, it's weird that we're even here to begin with on the best of days. And so during the darkest of days, then it's more important that you become more discerning, that you become more aware of exactly how miraculous it is that every second unfolds after the next one. And so I guess I'm saying in the spirit of Thanksgiving, don't give up. Find the things there are to be thankful for. I know that there are people who, I've had a shit year, I'm going to be honest, but I know there are people who've had way more shit years than I have, significantly shittier years than I've had, and it's it's mighty, maybe even more important for those people to not delude yourself, not lie to yourself. You can accept the fact that shit rains down around us, and sometimes in, in a deluge, in an almost insurmountable amount, but you can't give up, man, and so I've just been, I've spent the last couple of days thinking about how thankful and how much I have to be thankful for. And Sean, you're part of that. So it's nice to see your face. Nice to see your face. I'm incredibly thankful too. And hope is on the horizon. I just said this to my melancholy 20 year old daughter. I said, I have one of those. Yeah. I said, hope is on the horizon. You know, they're going to take care of the most vulnerable people first. And the deaths are going to go way down after the vaccine goes to the, you know, the, the essential workers and to the people that are at the highest risk. And, in our family, we just literally did the old, you know, everybody was all together, uh, which is kind of rare that somebody's not out playing video games and doing whatever they do. But we sat down and just said, let's start making a list of what we're going to do when we're out of the woods. You know, and for us, it's going to be going to see live concerts, oh, to go, go to sporting events. Um, mm. But I, I was guilty before COVID happened of saying no too often. 
Yeah. And just kind of, eh, probably just sit on the couch and click well, the remote, you know, another couple of, of times. Like, I mean, you reach a certain age, you have been to a lot of shows. And so then it becomes when you take something again, and this is another, I think, a wonderful lesson that you just brought up. You take things for granted. You, and it doesn't mean you were a dick about it. You're just like, I'm not going to go out tonight. I, you know, I'm not, I know, you know, you don't drink, I don't drink. And that takes some of the silly abandon of, Hey, let's go get stupid tonight away. But it's still amazing to go see live music or see friends that you love. Or the thing that happened to me last weekend, and I made a post about it on social media, is the happenstance, that weird chance where you're out at a show, you know you're going to enjoy the music, you know you're going to have fun, you're going maybe with a couple friends, or you know some people are going to be there, but then that person you didn't expect to see, you haven't seen oh, in a God, couple yeah. years, like, boom, you're like, oh my God. And so I think that's I think that's eating people alive right now. I know, and again, it's not every day for me, but for, for a couple hours this past Saturday, I got real down in the dumps about the fact that I'm like, there are so many people out there who I've lost minutes to, and maybe they would, they're glad for that, <laughs> but I'm not, you know, maybe they're like, yeah, it's cool. I'm, I didn't break my heart. I didn't run into Brian tonight, but, um, it's, uh, it, it's hard, man. And, and it will come back, but it's going to take some time to that end. The transition has begun. Yes. Masking is crucial. I don't care how you feel about vaccines. You know, I'm not 100% sure, but this time, instead of being rushed in order to be a political treat, it seems to be done medically properly. The day is coming, but no matter how you feel about it, uh, I even heard a guy, Paul Allen, on a local radio station, KFAN, just today, talk about how you may have any opinion you like. You can rage against the heavens. You can throw your fists at the sky. You can gnash your teeth and rend your garments. But fuck you, wear a mask. Now, he did not use those words because he was on the broadcast airwaves. And he's not Shakespeare. <laughs> no, he's not. Well, rend my garments? Rend, yeah, gnashing the teeth. And, I think that's biblical, actually. Okay, I well, think that's actually biblical. But my, Says the my, non-believer. My, my point, oh, I grew up Catholic, dude. That's if you true. want to start that's quoting true. chapter so and verse, so I'm your guy. So I'm your guy. Big Leviticus guy. Oh, huge. A little more Deuteronomy, but also a big Leviticus Tell guy. Tell me about it. <laughs> the point is this. If we're going to do it, this winter was going to suck no matter what. Let's make it suck completely. Look for the joy in the darkness. And then next year, slowly but surely, even when people are getting vaccinated and things are looking better and we do actually for once flatten the curb, if someone wants to wear a mask, don't give them shit. You know, they're actually doing the right thing. Let people live their life unless they're endangering the lives of others. That's that's the reason there are speed limits. That's the reason there are drunk driving laws. You know, it's like you may not believe in it, but you have to abide by it. Let's end this shit. Is that okay? There's two huge advantages, I feel. Number one, we're not smelling the bad breath of people like we used to. And number two, there are some really unattractive people that look better in masks. I feel very seen right now. Uh, I had I had a Jersey Mike sub yesterday, and the only bummer with wearing the mask like I was, that that, that onion breath and Mike's way oh. with all that oil, that was just for me and me alone yeah. all damn day. I have to shower after I go there. Today's uh, guest is one of my favorite people. So I don't know if you know, Sean, you and I have known each other for a long time. We crisscross paths in the world of radio. We've both known this guy a long time. I did... Uh, Mark, uh, you know, Minneapolis Market Radio for more than 25 years. And one of my favorite people I ever met um, wasn't available today, so we went with this guy instead. Uh, his name is Chris Hockey, and he is, in my opinion, the the 
keystone, the focal point. I'm not saying that without him, the show wouldn't survive, but the greatest morning shows in radio, and there are some people who poo-poo radio, never bothered listening to radio, thinks it's all, you know, dick jokes and yoga pants, and there's a lot of that going on there, which I'm going to admit, I'm not mad at. I'm not mad at it at all. In fact, it's kind of fun to take part in, but having spent so much time doing, you know, drive time radio in the Twin Cities, you start to recognize why things happen, and for a good long time now, the number one morning show in this market, which, let's be honest that's the catbird seat that's the coveted oh, spot yeah. i don't need to tell you that if it was easy to do then people would just do it all the time but sometimes it takes years sometimes it takes almost 20 years of work and then you find the right you find the right equation like alchemy you find the right amalgam of people of bits of elements and a thing happens that's never happened before and it won't last forever nothing good does but while it lasts it's glorious and i'm talking about the power trip morning show on kfan i remember listening in the early days i've listened through much of its transition and i am very very when we're talking about being thankful thankful to be friends with the people on that show i've been on that show and I'm of the belief that of the the triad, the main three people on that show, Corey Cove, Meat Sauce, who's been on the podcast here before, and Chris Hockey, who will be on here momentarily, that show is less without any of them. However, the show is greater than the sum of its parts. It's There's no way you can know how the alchemy of certain people is going to work. Somehow the three of them, any one of them alone, would be significantly less interesting, and I hope Chris isn't mad if I want to say that. But together, somehow they create something bigger than who and what they are and they continue to do it and i'm very excited to have chris hockey on so we're going to talk to him shortly before we get to him though i do look at that 10 minutes i told him four minutes and it's 10 (laughs) goddamn minutes sorry preach i'm worked up man i'm trying to be thankful i'm trying to accentuate the positive eliminate the negative latch on to the affirmative blah 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 um i want to play this one song right here because cancel culture is a thing when you find out someone is a piece of garbage or a dirt bag it's we live in an era now where that person it's over and i don't think that's necessarily wrong headed but then i find myself occasionally in these quandaries and i bring this up not to try to answer it right now joan jett who began with the runaways and then had a very successful solo career and who i adore a great deal she continues to record and perform to this day i adore her a great deal early on she adopted a lot of suzy quattro a lot of the Uh glam rock stuff that went on this particular song that she did right here i recently bought a gorgeous copy of this record working at a record store by the way is not recommended unless you have an inexhaustible amount of disposable income um And here she covers Gary Glitter, who was sort of your dad's creepy friend that dressed like David Bowie at the peak of Ziggy Stardust, but was wildly popular in the UK. Unfortunately, later in his career, he would be found guilty of a lot of things that are really, truly terrible. So you're saying that Ron had a friend like this? (laughs) No. Not just like this. Oh, I was I was sort of speaking in broader terms. Oh, I see. I see. In grander strokes. Um, And so. Joan Jett's take on this song is so brilliant, but I'll never be able to not think about the fact that this was originally a Gary Glitter song. What do you do? How? And again, we could do a whole episode on this topic, and I don't want to do that today because I just want to talk to Chris Hockey. I'm so excited to talk to him. He's leaving. He said he's got to go. He's like, I didn't know we were talking cancel culture. I got to get the fuck out of here. But I am curious, you know, like at what point does cancel, like, so do we not listen to any Michael Jackson ever anymore? Do we not listen to a single Ryan Adams song ever anymore? 
I don't know the right answer. Maybe it's yes, maybe it's no, but I am going to tell you right now that I love Joan Jett so much that I'm going to play her take on Gary Glitter's classic, Do You Want to Touch Me, there. Oh, yeah. Where? On The Brian Oak Show.
Gary Glitter may be a disgusting shit monster, but <laughs> when other people take on his music, like the Spice Girls in Spice World did a brilliant cover of, and anybody, I want you to look directly behind you right now, Chris Hockey. What do you see hanging on the wall right there? I see a Spice Girls, what is that, a platinum a record? Platinum, platinum, yeah. yeah. Platinum record, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that, and right that, there. There's no irony there. No. I, I have an affinity for certain pop music and Spice Girls scratch that particular itch I can um, see that. in particular emma bunton uh but we'll more on that later um but when they covered gary glitter in spice world the movie which was a largely a lark and stupid and silly and they'd reached this ridiculous pinnacle of success it was great and joan jett right there covering it that's a brilliant song you told me that you've seen her do that song live uh, a bunch of times yeah what? I, she's so great she's one of my favorites i mean she goes all the way back to uh uh, when we first moved out of the country and into the big city of Union City. Ooh, um, uh, Union City in what state? Uh, it's on the, literally the state line of Ohio and Indiana run through my hometown. Okay. Um, and so across the street was a different time zone, literally. Weird. I, I lived in Indiana, went to a high school in Ohio, and uh, we moved out of the country. We lived on a farm. And when I was about 13, we moved into town, and it was my first time ever having cable, uh, and my first time ever seeing MTV, HBO, and all that stuff. But that New Year's Eve... Joan Jett played on MTV their New Year's Eve party, oh. and it. And I can. I'll give you about a hundred things that changed my life when it comes to music during right. this uh, podcast. That's one of them right there. I mean, she was. It was live, and it was guitars, and it was loud, and she was sexy, and and she, she was everything I wanted to be. You know, I mean, she. She was rock and roll. That was rock and roll to me. I'll never forget. And it was awesome to watch a woman be the swaggering sex star of rock and roll yeah. because it's it's ex- almost exclusively and had been for decades the purview of men. Yeah. There were a handful of women that were allowed to be sultry and alluring and sort of torch singers. Of but to watch a woman get up there and be sexier than Bon Scott, because I found Bon Scott sexy. Sure. But I'll be honest, I'd, I found... I found people like Debbie Harry and Joan Jett a lot sexier. Yeah, a white um, uh, a tank top and leather pants oh. and a guitar. And I believe it was probably either a Fender or a Les Paul. Really slung low, man, just where she could barely reach the strings. Just it, rocking. The sexiest mm. fucking thing I'd ever seen oh. to that point in my life. And I'll never forget it. I can close my eyes. I, I, I close my eyes when I listen to music anyway, but when I close my eyes, I can see it. I, I can see my little 13-year-old eyes looking at that for the first time. I'm going to try to give Chris Hockey a proper introduction, which I know I'll fail at, but I'll allow <laughs> him to fill in the blanks in just a moment. First, I do have to thank Smart Start yes. MN. They are the title sponsor of the studio for The Brian Oak Show, and they are good people. Mike and Ed have put together a program. First of all, they're sort of... At the, at the core, the original architects of Minnesota's ignition interlock situation, where they created a situation where even if you've had an egregious error of judgment and have done the drunk driving thing, you can get back into your car. The state of Minnesota has to legally let you drive if you pass the right things, and they're partially responsible for that to happen, largely responsible. Oh, yeah. But they also get you there. They're not interested in shaming. They're not interested in jacking the system. There are a couple of lawyers that actually you can hang out with for a while and not feel like you need a shower after you're done with huge music fans and also Mm. ridiculous music fans and ardent supporters of the brian oak show to the point that they signed on before we'd done a single episode and here we are at episode 109 so if you should find yourself in that unfortunate situation where you've made a, a not a great decision but you need to get back to your life you need to drive you need to get around and do things smartstartmn.com slash brian oak show will help you get in a little cheaper than you otherwise might you got it 
All right, 20% off the installation of Ignition Interlock. And you can just find out more in general by going to smartstartmn.com. What's our website again? Uh, smartstartmn.com. Here's you. one of the things that I love about Chris Hockey is, you just know. a pro. <laughs> there, but there's not many things that I am good at. But if you do something for 25 years, you really can't help but at least understand it. And if you're, if you're lucky, get decent at it. I did drive time radio in this town for more than 25 years. Taking a little break right now because, well, let's just say that except for a handful of people, present company included, <laughs> that medium's trending in the wrong direction. And so I thought about fighting and clawing my way back in, but I also thought maybe it's time to start exploring some other options, a, uh, a late stage reenactment. But Chris Hockey, I've known uh, for a long time. We worked in the same building for a very long time. He happens to be married to the best boss I've ever had. Chris Hockey is one of the three, the central triumvirate of the Power Trip Morning Show on KFAN, found online at kfan.com, 100.3 FM, if you still listen to your radio, or the iHeartRadio Music Network, which, by the way, you can listen to this podcast on iHeartRadio. I remember last time I was on your show, they were very reticent about plugging my podcast until they found out it was available on oh, iHeart. Yeah. Then it's like, oh, well, shit, yeah, let's get those people <laughs> let's to iHeart. do this. Chris Hockey, in addition to being the producer, to me, the nerve center, the emotional heart of that show, and that's nothing against Corey or Meat Sauce yeah. at all, I feel like you... You do more, I mean, that's not to say Corey's not smart. It's not to say meat sauce isn't funny. It's not to say they don't both bring their own insights. I have done enough radio that I know who does the heavy lifting on a show. You do the heavy lifting, the heaviest lifting on that show. Don't you dare make that look in your eyes because you know good damn well it's true. You don't have to say it. I'm saying it for you. But you also do it well. You never lose your sense of humor. You never lose your sense of focus. One of the things I've said many times over the years is I love working with professionals. And one of the greatest professionals in radio, and there might be people out there with no experience of radio who's like, what's a radio professional? Trust me, (laughs) there's some fucking work that goes into it, and Sean can back me up on that. I don't know that I've ever met anybody as or more professional than Chris Hockey and good at what he does. And in addition to that, he's a motherfucking rocker. He has, I've watched this guy. Now, I've never seen Joan Jett on stage. Right. But I've watched you on stage. And and here's the deal. So, A, you're good at it. But B, one of the things, another thing I like to say about people is I believe. And I believe in them when they're true believers. That doesn't mean that they're zealots. It doesn't mean that they're ridiculous or preachy all the time. It means when I watch someone do something and they are clearly in that pit, that thing that that brings them joy. They don't have a choice but to do the thing that they're doing that's you, man. Like, so whether you're rocking or doing your show or being a dad or all the things you do, you bring something that I believe in and I want to be more like. And it is my distinct pleasure to have. Oh, look, we added these new spit things. What are they called? Pea poppers? Pop filters. Pop yeah. filters. Pop filters. Yeah. And take some getting used to. Anyway, uh, that interrupted my emotional climax uh, <laughs> and my actual climax. Uh, <laughs> Chris Hockey, it is it is lovely to see your face. Uh, well, thank you for that. I, I, all that you said, I appreciate that very much. And thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. And, and uh, um, man, um, there's so much that you said in that first segment and so much just listening to Joan Jett that I can tell. I hope you got your seatbelt on because I got a lot to say, man. And uh, the, the three of us in a room together talking, there's going to be a lot of output here <laughs> I today. love it. And, and, and don't hold back on all anything. Right, good, that, good. I mean, that, you, you, you guys do the after show party. So mm-hmm. on air... I managed to make it 25 years and only say the word fuck once on the air. Right. Then I'm out of radio for six months. 
I come on your show yep. and I drop an F-bomb. <laughs> you sure did. <laughs> you sure did. Right there on 100,000 watts. Yeah. Um, and luckily, you caught it, but oh, man, I I felt so conspicuous. I'm like, no, I'm a professional. This isn't something I do. And I don't even really remember what it was about. But um, before we, I want to go back a little bit to mm-hmm. find out a little bit more about you. But sure. before we do, the one thing I think I forgot to mention is for people who maybe like, I don't really listen to radio. I just listen to uh, Murder Mystery Podcasts and occasionally the Brian Oak Show if I like the guests. Um, you're number one in this market in the mornings, aren't you? Yeah, we have been for a while. And I can't believe it. I, how how I, long? Uh, well, it's been l- three years. I know yeah. that you're not the guy who loves self-aggrandizing. And so I'm not asking any of this to be like, oh, my God, the biggest rocks. But that's also not an easy mm. thing, as I was referencing earlier. Like you, getting to number one, creating something that's an actual. It's one thing to be like, oh, that's a fun thing to tune into sure. once in a while. Creating a destination where people feel like they've missed something if they're not there. <sighs> and. Yes, it's a sports talk radio station, but obviously what you guys do, the reason I tune into PA, Common's a dear friend, I'm occasionally on with Barrero, the reason I tune into your station is not for fucking 45 minutes on college hockey, fuck me. I like the initials game, I like that what, there's like a name game you guys do too, right? Uh, that's that was PA. Yes, absolutely. And Common oh. does something similar to that too. Yeah, but no, I know. There's all kind. Of, we have all kinds of games too. You're but right. It's, it's yeah. not just games, but it's also pop culture. It's sure. also music. Like every time I've been on, I've been allowed to talk. It's a little bit of everything for everyone. So even though outside the NFL, I don't really give a shit about sports. Amen. Uh, <laughs> I'm with them 100%. But you, you cre- you've created a destination where people feel like they've missed something. So you do the show every morning. What time do you have to get? Because here's the other thing that people don't recognize. Like, mm-hmm. well, you got to get up early, but then you just go sit and sit around and jaw jack and talk shit with your friends, which is partially true. Mm-hmm. But the reason the show flows, the reason that there are these great production elements, that there are sound bites, is that you and others, but primarily you, are there so many hours before the actual entertainment begins. Yeah. I mean, like, what time do you get there? I get there by 4. Okay. Yeah, and uh, um, we go on at 5.30, so my alarm goes off at 3.15, and it has every day for a very, very long time. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, as of today... 19 19 years. years. Congratulations, man. That's so badass. It happens so quickly, man. You know, um, there's there's been a million stops along the way, but... Sheesh, does 19 years go by quickly? It's, I can't believe it. So let's go back a little bit, because mm-hmm. for some reason, and maybe it's like you were moving around because of radio, mm-hmm. I knew that you had an Indiana connection, yeah. but I didn't, I, I for some reason, I always thought of you as a Southern boy, and I'll tell you why. One is I know your love of NASCAR. Yeah. When NASCAR sort of peaked and blossomed, and they suddenly had a NASCAR show on KFA, and I couldn't believe it. Yeah. You were there, and once again, I tuned in, and even though I could care less about NASCAR than I do about the Great British Bake Off. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> show, by the way. No, it, also, it is really, it's a really <laughs> good show. Yeah, yeah, Actually, that's yeah, why yeah, I, I like said that. <laughs> um, but you were such a believer, and I know you do your homework, and I know you're a smart guy, but you were clearly a believer, so that made me think of you as a Southern guy. Also, because I worked for your wife for... God, more than 11 years, mm. a long time, yeah. um, and she, to this day, remains the best boss I've ever had. Uh, I remember seeing a picture of when the two of you were very young and just started to commingle, if yeah. you will. There's a picture of you that exists that I don't own a copy of. I wouldn't know where to find it, but it's seared into my brain. I will, I will, it's the last thing I'll think of before I shuffle off this mortal coil of you. Uh, and no, don't get me wrong. She's got the cockatiel bag oh, yeah. and the long I've seen the crimped picture. hair. <laughs> sure. But you have a pair of cut-off, worn jean shorts. That's right. 
and a mullet that might be able to cut through titanium. It's so powerful. I think of you as a Southern boy. So did you guys meet up in the South? Yeah. So I grew up, as I said, right on the border of Indian, Ohio, um, halfway between uh, Indianapolis and Dayton. So right there on high, at, off Interstate 70, literally the middle of nowhere, had 69 kids in my graduating class. And it was all right. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite right. number. Uh, but it was the third largest <laughs> class to ever graduate from my high school, you know, so it was a very small area. And I, I went to broadcasting school in Dayton, Ohio, uh, worked at the Big Wazoo, Dayton's dangerous rock and roll station. <laughs> Um, for a while, which was a hairband rock station. Were you Chris Hockey or were you? I was you... the Hawkman coming to you live on the Big Wazoo. See, now the thing I like to do all the time is imagine that I was a DJ uh, in the upper Midwest, uh, like north of here. Yeah. 107 won the river. Oh, yeah. The valley's home for oh, classic rock. Listen to that. And then just go into like a, you know, head east, never been any reason <laughs> oh, or something. Great song. Yeah. So, I mean, like, so, but you, so you, I mean, and this is a hair metal station in, in like sort of the, the, the nascency or like the, the, the meat of hair metal. Are we talking it was, on, it was on the downfall of, of, yeah, it was 89 when oh, I, late when 80s. I, yeah, because I graduated high school in 89, uh, went to college, um, lived, you know, again, I've got a million off ramps here, so get me back on the highway whenever ahead, you want. But you know how this works. Go ahead. I was legitimately driving down the road in my '86 Camaro, and nice. uh, son I, of a bitch. I know it, man. Right with oh. that mullet flowing out the window, oh. whether I liked it or not. Look out, ladies. Well, and, but, but, <laughs> yeah. but also, in your defense. There was not a small percent. I grew up in Coon Rapids. Yeah. There, not a small percentage of the population where the guy with the power mullet and the Camaro. That fucking guy. I want to be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I wanted to be that guy, too. Well, I had were. the Camaro. You were. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm driving down the road, listening to uh, um, Michael Luzak, Luzak and Lindy in the morning. And they start bitching at their intern. Now, I didn't know anything about radio at all, but I knew that I, I, you know, radio was as close to being a rock star as you could go to college for. And I wanted to go to college because nobody in my family ever had it. And uh, so I'm driving down the road, going to the broadcasting school. Listening to them bitching at their intern, I legitimately pulled over at a gas station, jumped on a payphone, called the 989 Wazoo. Um, Lindy picked up, which I couldn't believe the guy on the radio answered the phone. And I go, hey, um, if you don't like your intern, I'll be your intern. And he goes, are you in college? And I go, yeah. And he goes, you know how to use a DAT machine? And I go, sure. I had no fucking (laughs) clue what a DAT machine was. Anybody listening was like, how do I get into radio? You just heard lesson number one. Yeah. You say yes, and you show up, and you are better than 95% of yep. the people who go to that job. Amen. He told me, he said, we'll be here tomorrow morning at 4.30. I didn't know where the radio station was. I had no idea. Um, and this is pre-internet, so for it's sure. not like you can just look it up. So when I got to college, I had to find out where that was at. And, and uh, the next morning, I showed up at 4.30, a little before that, actually, um, went to the radio station and it became an intern for Missy Kemper, the news girl, cutting up the, uh, you know, the feed, bomb, 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 oh. but um, the feed would come in. I'd cut that up and she'd tell me what she wanted from it. I, I started doing that. So I it stayed there for a long time. Also worked at another small radio station just because I wanted to get some on-air experience. And it was fun as hell. You know, I mean, Poison would come to town and um, Metallica and, and Motley Crue and all these, and I got to go backstage and I uh, couldn't believe it. Um then I got a uh, our afternoon guy, Kevin Vargas, also known as Kevin Cox, the Cox Man. Yeah, that's true. Come on. The Cox Man, the Rance Man, and the Hawk Man, all on the wazoo at the wow. same time. That's a lot all of men. at the same time. <laughs> the Cox Man. The Cox Man. <laughs> the Cox Man coming in. He went down to Virginia Beach to work mornings at this radio station in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Um, and he needed a producer, and he called me, and he said, would you come do this? And I said, hell yeah, where's Virginia Beach? I'm there. It's got beach in it. Um, <laughs> so then I called, and I... Um, 
I talked to the program director and she was like, uh, Olive gets four seventy five an hour. If you're willing to come here for that, that's fine. I'll be there soon. I jumped in my 86 Camaro. Dig it. Drove all night. Um, got there. Uh, spent the night in the parking lot. The rest of the night in the parking lot. When it was finally um, the offices open, I walked in um, and uh, I said, I'm here for my job. Walked down the hallway. I can remember like it was yesterday. I don't have a great memory, but I remember this very well. Uh, walked into the office and there was this hot fucking Daryl Hannah looking blonde sitting behind the desk. Go on. And it was my future wife, Laura McLeish slash Kim Hockey. Oh. And uh, so she hired me to produce wow. a morning show in Virginia Beach, Virginia in 1991. Now, I can, I, because she is so articulate and yeah. so talented and she has a level of charisma and believability. I, again, when I say I've never worked for a better boss, I've worked for competent bosses. Sure. I've worked for some great people. I've never worked for anybody who had so much love in their heart, so much immediate understanding, so much forgiveness long before you needed the forgiveness. Yeah. Uh, and I, I always trusted her. I've never worked for anybody like her. So I see you walking down the hall and having the, the you know, the Garth from Wayne's World moment of Foxy Lady. Yeah. What the hell did she see in you? That's a, It's a great question. I, I, I literally have no idea. I, I don't because you got to know, I was dumber than shit. I don't believe you. No, no, you. for real. No, listen, I, I I, I've said this you. from the, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart without being um, self, whatever you call that word. Deprecating. Thank you very Deprecating. much. Only a smart yeah. person would. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, could you hang around with me all the time? Kidding. You faked that <laughs> just so you could see. You totally did. No, but um, I, I didn't know a thing in the world until I was about 25. I really didn't. Yeah. I have no idea how I made it um, to that age. But um, so she... She just believed in me immediately. You know, I have no idea why, but I think it might have been because of something you said a moment ago. Literally, if she said, um, will you go run the board for this? I said, yes. If, will you go hand out T-shirts? Yeah. Um, will you work the overnight? Yeah, I'll do it. And and she, you know, everybody, every radio station needs that person. That was me. I, I, I've never once said no to your wife. When she would ask me to do things, I'm going to tell yeah, you. I want story. to talk to you about that, by well, the way. No, no. <laughs> Luckily, that never came up. Oddly enough, that never came up. I know it's surprising. Yeah, right. Before we get into a song, I don't like to go too long without music, but this mm-hmm. is my, one of my favorite stories to tell about your wife. And I don't know that I've ever told her to her to her face, but I've told it to a lot of people. Um, I spent 15 years at Cities 97, which was your wife's baby. She yeah. crafted that from a weirdo, long hair, bizarre super eclectic AAA station into a force in this market and made the city sampler one of the mo- one of the greatest charitable efforts in the history of Twin Cities Radio and maybe radio anywhere. Period. Yeah. She I mean she is a master and I remember just a couple of years into working for her we'd only recently moved over to um uh, over to St. Louis Park yeah, and Utica. Uh, Utica, Planet Utica, where you guys still are today. And she sat me down one day and she's like, what do you think about the idea of every Thursday we go out and do a live broadcast somewhere? And I'm nodding and I'm like, mm. she's like, and when we can, we'll have live music there and we'll get people to come out. There'll be promotions. There'll be giveaways. I'm like, so far, so good. I like people. I like hanging out by chance to drink while I work okay let's do this and she's like and here's the deal and she got real serious and looked me in the eyes and she's like we're gonna call it oak on the water and inside there was this voice screaming that's the stupidest thing I've (laughs) ever heard of in my entire life it's so cheesy and on the outside voice I looked at her and I'm like that sounds great let's give it a shot (laughs) Yeah. Let's give it a shot. And for the first couple of years, it was an uphill battle. Just did it for a few Thursdays every summer. Nobody gave a shit. Five years in, 
we suddenly had music every week. We went from doing it eight weeks out of the summer to 16 weeks out of the summer. And for the next 10 years, if you didn't show up before it started, if you did not show up before happy hour, you didn't get to sit down. And there was one of them with OAR and Lissy where we had over 4,000 people show up. Your... and over the course of that, I mean, again, I never said no to her anyway, because that that's the lesson in radio. If you want to make it in radio, they say be there at 4, like you did that night. Yeah. Get there at 345. Be there before they get there, no matter what they ask you to do, no matter how demeaning or menial. The number of times I was asked to do something I was certain I couldn't do and said yes anyway, that's how you make it in radio. That's how mm-hmm. you make it in most things in life. Probably, yeah. Well, yeah. the other thing that you bring, Chris, that I, I was just on the phone with a local television sportscaster and... I said this about you. I said, Chris is a guy that approaches everything with humility and gratitude. And so you've always been that way. You've always been a guy that on the air, you're a great guy. Off the air, you're a great guy. But one thing I also like about you is on Twitter, you don't put up with any bullshit. <laughs> so you're that. that's what I think has propelled your success. You are a guy that's incredibly approachable. You're humble. And you have just a great attitude, and you always have, and have kept that gratitude throughout all the success that you've had. Very rare in this business. You know, I that that's my mom and dad, obviously. You know, but <clears throat> it's also um, I I came from I'm mean, nowhere. You know, I, I, so um, in a Camaro, it, yeah, for sure. That's true. That's true. Cry me a river. It was a sweet car. There's no doubt about it. It's stolen. Did I mean? No, I'm just kidding. But um, who cares? But um, Camaro, bro. Every step that I take. I, I know in my heart that's the chance. There's a chance that might be as good as it gets. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I try to be grateful. I really do. And and I also firmly believe, man, there's something out there in the universe that rewards people who are grateful. Mm-hmm. You I get, believe you it. get back what you put out, and and it comes in varying degrees. Which sure. is why I start out with that whole thankful bit. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're going to be showered in riches and find the person no. of your dreams. That's not the form it takes. Right. But if you stay decent and you have to believe and you have to stay consistent and you'll find the things that bring you joy in the universe, but you have to look for them and also realize much like falling in love. When you walked down the hall that day, you didn't know you were going to meet the literally the partner of your lifetime. The way the world rewards you is almost never in the form you hope or expect Mm. it to take. But you have to be ready for it when it actually happens. And then. During the course of my career, a lot of people are like, well, yeah, but you keep getting all these breaks. And I did get a couple of nice breaks. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, what, you know what I did after that? Worked my ass off yeah. and showed up every mm-hmm. goddamn day. The The luckiest people I know are also the hardest working people I know. Ain't that the truth? It's absolutely the truth. Hey, we've gone too long without hearing a little music. Yeah. You have brought, and I know you're a music head, and that's why I said, please go off the map. Please bring me the things that love that you love that bring joy to you. You're bringing me an artist who apparently likes ball caps and has a scraggly beard. That's literally all I know about Eric Paisley. Um, I'll give you as much as I can in a little Pazley? bit of time. It's Pazley. It right? That's okay. okay. Yep, that's, right. that's the first thing. Um, Eric's a great songwriter in Nashville. Uh, had a, a major record deal. Had a giant hit uh, with a song called She Don't Love You, She's Just Lonely. Great fucking song, right? Had a record deal. And then he, he he's a tall, kind of gangly looking dude. Not the pretty Florida Georgia line looking guy. <laughs> not uh, a Luke Bryan? Exactly. Right. Um, had some success. Uh, I played with him once. He was so sweet to me. And I'll never forget watching him sound check and how great he sounded. Then he put out another record. And uh, um, it, that's when Kim was working over Buzzin'. My wife was working over Buzzin'. And she got an early copy of it. I listened to it. I was like, this is a great album. And the first single didn't do anything, so they never released it. And it disappeared. Wow. And he lost his label deal. 
and I'd see his name on, you know, different singles. You know, Eric Pasley is one of the writers. And then he finally, on an indie deal, released this new record here uh, this year. And it's song for song for song, my favorite song, uh, my favorite album of the year, any genre, number one. Number two, if Florida Georgia Line or any of those giant country bands had released this record, they would be in the Country Music Hall of Fame. It's that great a record. But nobody will ever hear this record. Except... for people who are listening right now, because we're about to hear it. That's why I'm playing it. And let me say one more thing, if you don't mind. I don't mind somebody, at all. You can, you can keep talking. It's your day, Chris. Somebody giant in, in the music industry. I, I, I asked him about, can you help me get Eric Pasley on uh, the After Party podcast just so I can get people to hear the song? And um, this person said, I don't even know if that person's doing music anymore. And it broke my heart because, oh. um, um, and it's not that person's fault. It's just that you know how, min- how many great artists they are who are just aching for you to hear their songs yeah. that you'll never hear. Well, today we're going to change that about Eric Pasley. He's fantastic. This song is great. This entire record is great. I would encourage you to search him out. And this is a song called Off the Edge of Summer, and it breaks my heart. I love this song. Whispered wishes in the wine bottles And we threw them into the ocean Did yours come true? I wished for you The band was playing in the distance Somewhere across the water We didn't know the song So we hummed along Dancing off the edge of the song Watching it float away didn't know if we'd ever get another So we couldn't just let it fade Didn't know what it was But it sure felt right Back when we thought love was a party all night We were holding on to each other Dancing off the edge of the summer Of the summer Of the summer When you got back to your mother's I missed that view You wrote in blue Keep it in my closet And a box under some covers I hate the truth I still miss you Dancing at the edge of the sun Watching it float away Didn't know if we'd ever get another So we couldn't just let it fade Didn't know what it was But it sure felt right Back when we thought love was a party all night We were holding on to each other Summer, 
Watching it float away Didn't know if we'd ever get another But I wish we could today There's so much good to say about that song, Oof. but I I don't know who he has singing backup, but oh, son of man, a the bitch. Her name's Sarah Buxton. Oh, mm-hmm. Lord. Wow. B-U-X-T-O-N. Oh. She's on most of this record, and you should hear her, too. But Man. Yeah, he. Um, you can tell that he doesn't have a record deal. Yeah. Because he just said, go do it. Yeah. You know? And, 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 and oh. what I liked about it is there's touch, there's feel. There's also, like, I've never been afraid to like a good pop song, mm. and there's perfect pop production mm-hmm. and writing and execution, but at no point do you feel like you're being sold a bill of goods or you're supposed to be doing a particular kind of line dance. Yeah. There's real heart in that song. Yeah. Once again, you know when you believe something. Yeah. Well, son of a bitch, Chris Hockey. Thanks for making me cry <laughs> yeah, for like thanks a lot. In four or five episodes. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Now I'm going to bring it down by making a commercial. I want to thank Buster's on Twenty Eighth. Buster's on Twenty Eighth, a local eatery. Who now with the lockdown, they're undoubtedly going to face more than they've ever had to face yes, up until are. this point, and they're not alone. And so all I can ask is specifically for Buster's on Twenty Eighth, a great eatery in Southeast Minneapolis, uh, is to support them and support the places that make the communities you live live in the communities you live in the giant chains are going to survive the mom and pop shops that add flavor and add texture and once again you believe in and love they make your community worth living in and being in whether we're talking about restaurants or i guess you can't go to nail salons either nobody wants to be touching your covid toes right now sean gross You've seen my COVID toes? I can no. smell your COVID yeah, I was going to say, oh, everyone in this man, room knows it without seeing were... them. Nope. Nope. Nothing can protect you from Sean's COVID toes. One of them COVID sticking toes. out the front of your shoe? I need a real job, Chris. <laughs> like like <laughs> Howard Hughes. Don't. Like Howard Hughes <laughs> over here. Grody. Buster's on 28th really does an amazing job with food. They've been ardent supporters despite the difficulties of this podcast. Buster's on 28th.com. <laughs> and now we put everyone off their lunch by talking about Sean's COVID toes. I want to talk about something different can you, i ask you one more thing please what would i get if i went there today oh what's your favorite the cubano okay. is so by far my favorite good. It's yeah. good, but they also do a steak sandwich okay they make in-house uh potato chips Ooh. their fries are good they do i'm gonna say something that's probably gonna get us some um oh that's right yours right there by oh, the way thank you oh you just you got a gift card on the way home bitching um, i will check them out on so the way home, damn I promise. Good. uh they do a cheese curd that I will put up against a state fair cheese curd Ooh. 10 times out of 10. Now, and I'm not saying I don't like state fair cheese curds. Please send all <laughs> of your hate mail to Chris Hockey at iHeartRadio.com. <laughs> yes, um, I'll put it with the rest of it. Exactly, <laughs> Thank you very much. Exactly. Um, and, but I mean, I'm just telling you, no, Buster's on 28th, but the Cubano is okay. something special. Good. It's It's really the way to you go. You could write a book on the things I don't know. 
about Minneapolis. Yeah, well, I mean, but you don't live in Minneapolis. No, I don't, and I need to be better about it because I didn't know where the hell I was going today, and I just <sighs> had I just had the best chai tea I've ever had, and I bought some damn bread at this place over here, Sovereign. <sighs> Oh, that's where I got oh, my coffee. Oh, so yeah, great. Yeah. Sovereign ground. Sovereign. Yep. Man, he had some of the... I bought like eight pieces of bread to take home because yep. it all looked so good. Well, and so. Kitty Corner from him is turtle bread. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, if you're looking for giant loaves of artisanal bread... Oh, plus I am. the best... Uh, the best soup in the Twin Cities. No, there's a lot of good places around here, but Buster's on 28th.com. Let's get back to talking to yes, Chris Hockey. Sorry. because right. No, no, no. I, just, I, <laughs> I, could, I could sit here and do this with you for hours and hours. Unfortunately, most people's patience isn't that long. One thing I wanted to make sure and mention for sure, in addition to your love of music, you are a musician, and I wasn't mm. just kissing your ass when I said I love to watch you play because a lot of that stuff, like, so one of the things about the song we just heard, there's a lot of pop country that rubs me the wrong way sure. because I don't believe it. Agreed. I believe that. There are performers that rub me the wrong way because even if I like their music, I don't believe them when they're playing. I don't think they're invested. Mm. I've never seen you once not invested in making sure that A, you're having a good time and that every person there feels like they're part of the show because that's that's the exchange, right? That That's the agreement we've entered into when I'm going to go see a live show. That's it. You know, um, I... <clears throat> I've been singing since I was 15 right. in, in, in bars in Wapakoneta, Ohio and mm. Versailles, Ohio. And, um, I, I was emulating my heroes, uh, the people that I like to go see. I, 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 when you saw, an, especially an 80s rocker, they were having the time. that They mm-hmm. brought you the party. And when I first started singing, this is a true story, I was horrible. I was mm. so, I, I'm not a, I, I would never ever say I'm a great singer now, but I can oh. sing. I'm fine. I can sing just you like. You can wail, Chris. I can sing it's, just like me. I'll oh say that. Oh my Lord. Singing you can, is not the only thing that's important singer. when you get up there, yeah. is it? It's not. And here, here's my point about that. Um, I was standing on stage at the Brown Jug in Versailles, Ohio, mm. and I was singing um, Free Bird by Leonard Skinner, a song you might have heard of. Mm. Uh, which I, 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 I've also gone on long dissertations as a deep defender of that song, oh, but yeah. please continue. Yeah. Um, I was singing it so badly, a, ju- a guy jumped on stage and took the microphone away from me and finished the song. And I, that's a true story <laughs> on my life. Ow. That's how bad I was when I first started. Ow. So I couldn't just, I couldn't get up there and just sing. That's not who I was. Right. I brought the, I brought the fucking party. If you came to the show, you might not have heard the best singer, but you had fun. And that's because I loved it too. You know, um, I talk about this a lot and especially here and during this entire situation that we're going through and I've, we play about 75 shows a year. Right. I played five this year. Oof. And that's good in a lot of ways. Um, but the one thing, somebody asked me what I missed the most, and uh, the first thing that came to mind is usually the right answer. And it's the three steps onto the stage. Yeah. Because mm. I go from it's being... It's all about to happen. Oh, dude, I go from being me with my um, insecurities, and I know who I really am. Yeah. When I walk on those three steps, I become the person I always wanted to be. Right. That's freedom, man. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I walk on stage, and, and, and the best part is, these days anyway... I believe that I'm somebody special when I got that microphone in my hand and yeah. I'm a rock star. And and sometimes, most of the time, because I love the people who come to my shows, they believe it too, at least for mm-hmm. that 90 minutes. It's part of the equation. If you yeah. don't believe it, if you and if you don't deliver, then they're not going to be there. And right. I've been to enough of your shows that I, when people... It is an interchange, and that's why every musician, I mean, we have so many musicians on this podcast, you know, there's part of delivering, you have to get this out of your body, you yeah. have to You have to do the thing you're doing, whether it's an, an, an extrovert needs to act out, or you have this art that needs to have an outlet, but it's a symbiotic relationship, sure. so it's awful for people like Sean and I who mm-hmm. can't go see a live show, it's got to be just as crushing for someone like you who comes alive, not that you're not alive normally, and you do get other creative outlets in the form of the Power Trip Morning sure. Show, yeah. but I mean, I've 
watched you come alive. I've watched the wings sprout. Mm. I've watched it become, no matter how the song goes, if the ending is not quite as smooth as you might have hoped, whatever, that's not what matters. No. Everyone is there for the party and for the show. So to that end, I want to ask you this. I know that you and your wife, my dear friend, uh, Kim, um, you guys had started to put together this mm-hmm. incredible, giant summer concert, which for anybody who's never been involved in promotion or production, the level of oh. undertaking, I think it's hard to book a podcast, <laughs> son of a bitch. Putting together something on that scale, the number of moving pieces is almost incomprehensible to the average person. Even if you're like, well, I put together some pretty big projects over at the chartered accountancy firm, it's not the same thing. And you guys were on the verge. It was supposed to happen this last summer. Tell me the name of what the festival was, how the pandemic just shot it full of fucking holes, and what the future might hold for it. This is, this is going to be one of those off-ramps. That's fine. Go um, ahead. So it's Twin City Summer Jam. Yeah. Um, it was myself, my manager, Sarah Jane, and um, my, my buddy, Jerry Brom. Jerry owned Lakes Jam up in Brainerd, mm-hmm. and he sold that. And we were driving down the road in my Ram truck one day going, God knows where, doing God knows what. Right. And we just started talking about the idea of doing a concert in the Twin Cities because there wasn't really a big country music concert festival. Um, and that idea became Twin City Summer Jam. We were going to do it on the outskirts of town. And then we, um, Jerry on the whim stopped by Canterbury Park one day, happened to talk to Randy, who runs the place out there. Randy said, we'd love to do it here. And suddenly... We went from, uh, the idea was to do a single day country concert mm-hmm. to, we had booked Aerosmith and paid them way more money than <laughs> I was comfortable with. Uh, people don't, and the other thing, and I, I don't mean to get people throwing in aside, but I think that the average person doesn't understand what a band at a festival makes. The reason bands play so many festivals is... It's it's a it's a silly amount of money. It's exponentially silly. larger. One time when Weezer was headlining the Basilica Block Party, they pulled down a six figure check for ninety less than ninety minutes, and they were dicks. So yeah. I mean, I, I can only imagine the check you had to write Aerosmith to get them to to, to agree to be there. Yeah. So we we had to bring in partners, you know. Um, of course, uh, be, uh, because I don't have any money. Um, and, uh, um, well, and also I didn't want to, I didn't want to put my family in danger, you know? Um, so we go through this and we book, uh, we get Tim McGraw, we get, uh, uh, Aerosmith and we get, um, um, who was our Thursday night? Oh, Rascal Flats. The, sorry. So I mean, we're talking like a three night mega show. It became a giant thing, a giant thing. And it kept growing and growing and growing. And I finally looked at Jerry and everybody and, um, I said, "I I am so uncomfortable I, um, I wanted to make a concert. I, I didn't want to be a businessman. I don't like money. I, when, when, if I'm ever on a sales call, I, I leave the room when the money starts yeah. talking because I have no idea what I'm worth. And if you tell me I'm going to lowball myself to the end of the ground to the point where I'll be paying you, you know what I mean? I, I, <laughs> right. I, I can't do it. Um, so we did that first year and it was the worst year of my life. Um, the concert was great. Uh, Aerosmith almost killed me, literally. I mean, I almost, I almost, I almost had a stroke. I, I it was the, it was the hardest night of hardest day of my life Just as a, as a male. Keeping bands nah, happy. Man, check or this out. What? Uh, a lot of what you're hearing right now, I've never told anybody before. Then um, do it. Yeah. Um, 
So we get Rascal Flats. It was a million zillion gadillion degrees. Mm. And there were a bunch of people out there. And, and uh, um, I, I want everybody in the whole wide world to like me. I know that's not going to be the case. And, <laughs> and if you don't like me and, and I'm going to have empathy for you and understand it because a lot of times I don't like myself. If you're mean to me, then I, then I become a hillbilly. I can't help it. Um, right. You know, I, as evidenced on Twitter, that's what you're talking about. That's the, <laughs> that's the, that's the one part I, I stopped trying to fix. Cause I just can't. Don't yeah. be a so, dick. Uh, right. Right. Not so you, but them, no, no, I agreed. You. Yeah. Thursday night was uh, the, again, these are all, the, the, the festival was great for me. It was miserable. Uh-huh. Ra- Rascal Flats, REO Speedwagon, Thursday night, just great. The wagon. It was great. They were so good. <laughs> I'll bet. They were so good. Uh, the next day again, uh, then you, you got, um, um, Tim, Mag- uh, no, I'm sorry. The next day was Friday. So that was Aerosmith. It was a million zillion degrees. Buck Cherry, one of my favorite rock bands, opening for Aerosmith. I'm opening for Buck Cherry. I mean, come on. That's pretty damn cool, right? <laughs> I saw Buck Cherry open for Kiss, and I hear you defend Buck Cherry on the Power Trip Morning Show all the time, and I'm probably going to lose some friends and fans over this one. I only know the two songs, and I love them both. Uh, they're great rock songs. They yeah. are not a... Uh, forgive me. Uh, he can't sing very well anymore. No. He's beaten himself to death yeah. uh, on the road, but uh, and their records are great. That's a rock band. I love that. But okay. I digress. Anyway, yes. So, and and man, I got to be real careful because I, I they threatened to sue me because I told the story, uh, most of the story on the air the next morning because I was so pissed. Oh, about Buck Cherry or about Aerosmith? About Aerosmith. Oh, my. But I'll just say um, we were waiting. Um, Buck Cherry was on stage and I got a call saying, you got to come back here. And I went back there. And I was the MC of the of the festival as well, obviously. And um, the 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 thing was that one of the members of the band um, said they would not come out on stage unless we completely got rid of the VIP section and, oh. and let everybody come in. the The reason we had a VIP section, mm. which was so expensive, uh, wasn't something I was a fan of. But you had to have that in order to pay the exorbitant fund to get that band into the into the facility. Mm-hmm. So I had to walk out on stage, and I literally had and. Uh, There was somebody in a limo who said they were leaving if I didn't do this. That's all I'm going to say. I don't want to get sued. So I can't, I'll tell you the truth off the air. Um, but that is, I mean, that's the truth. I'll tell you the, the rest of it off the air. So I had to walk on stage with a microphone and say, um, ladies and gentlemen, I'm very sorry to you down in the front row, but here's the thing. Either we do this or we don't have a concert. Uh, we have to open up the, the gates and let everybody come up front. So all these people who had paid exorbitant amounts of money to be in a VIP section, were screaming at me, mm. screaming at me, mm. threatening to fight me, wanting to fight me. Um, You've been put in an impossible situation. Yeah, uh, yeah terrible. And 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 to his to to, to his, um, uh, I'll acknowledge that Jerry knew he was putting me in a bad spot, but he didn't know what to do either. We didn't know what to do. We did not know what to do. It wasn't a surprise. This wasn't something that they didn't know. And and the mm. the um the person who was in the car had been there f- for four hours and knew that and just waited until. You know, I think Buck's, Buck Cherry was in their last song when he made this uh, this demand. And did they think they were being egalitarian by you have to let all the people all the way up front? Well, yeah, and that was the thing. Even he, though they were taking a half million, I, I'm guessing at the amount of money, but I'm just going to say it had to be half million or more for them to show oh. up for their 90 minute set. But they're like, but no, you can't. So, wow, wow. Yeah. And see, like you said, you want to rock. You want to be somebody down there in front enjoying the show. And now suddenly you're like, I'm going to be in court for five years. Right. And <laughs> and I don't know how I'm going to walk around my own festival for the rest of the weekend without people wanting to beat me up. And I don't blame them. They're pissed. And I would be pissed, too. Um, but I'm the I'm the messenger. I have to do this. Or right. there's not a concert. Oh. So what am I going to do then, right? 
So you got people coming in from GA who are like, this is the greatest day of my life. I'm standing in the front row. <laughs> so that was rough. But then the band came out on stage and just killed it. They, they were, were good? so great. Yeah. Um, um, Steven was kind of mean, even on the microphone, um, which was interesting to hear. Um, uh, but uh, man, they were great. So that was a very hard day. And then the next day, it rained all morning long. And mud fest. Um, it, then it cleared up and it cooled off. And my gosh, I'm looking at his face and I'm so sorry. I can't remember his name, but there's a gentleman. I'm not literally, I'm looking at him <laughs> in my head. There's a gentleman who is a, um, a Latin slash R and B dance artist. Sort of the P, uh, P- uh Pitbull. Uh, oh yeah. Pitbull. Mr. Worldwide. Correct. Yes. Because they're friends, Tim McGraw demanded that Pitbull open for him. Wow. Pitbull was way into it. I'll bet. Pitbull came out and saved my life that night. He was the happiest, f- most fun, most positive that anybody could ever be. He danced. He screamed. He sang. People, I saw, because this is a Tim McGraw's crowd. Yeah. I saw 60-year-old men in cowboy hats dancing like they couldn't believe how much fun they were having. That saved the weekend for me. Then Tim McGraw came out and did great too. And then we closed the after party. Um, it was by far, you know, outside of the real stuff in life. This is not real, but you get my point. Yeah. It was the hardest thing I've ever been through. But, but that is real because you've got more at stake now than you've ever had before because you an undertaking that you were very excited about suddenly grew to proportions that you could not have foreseen also obstacles you could not have planned for mm. that there's not a good answer to. There's not a right answer. There is just trying to find a way forward to save the day. Also, as a, a brief addendum to your Pitbull story, A, as I said, that there's a lot of pop music I don't apologize for liking for. There are some Pitbull songs that I fucking love. I will always be a fan. Bone, bone. But to that note, I remember the one time I was in Gillies down in Las Vegas, mm. three in the morning, I am hammered and <laughs> gillies i got on the i got on the mechanical bull that night that's a story for another time i love that place man <laughs> story, but now it's gone now because it was at the frontier and the it. frontier's gone now <laughs> but i mean this is like all the real cowboys are there like they got their white cowboy hats on like they've got their formal wear on at two in the morning and they're dancing the song that had more people on the floor than any other song was my humps by black eyed peas <laughs> yeah I, I saw no less, I swear to God, 700 white cowboy hats on yeah. the floor. People lost their mind. Loved it. So like Tim McGraw, his crowd going in for Pitbull, it doesn't surprise me at all. That was great. Man. Yeah, that's amazing. So where are we at now? Because we do have to move on. We've been talking a long time. Does that concert still exist? Will it be 100%. coming back? Yeah, so um, so what? Uh, long story short, I, I, I told the guys, I can't be a businessman. It hurts my soul. Anything that involves money hurts my soul. I, I know it's an idiotic thing. Uh, thank God I married the right person. So I, I just I basically backed away from all that. Uh, I'm still involved in a giant way in the concert. I'll still be the MC. I'm still going to be there. And we were able to bring back Zach Brown Band. Um, uh, we were able to bring in um, Leonard Skinner. What? Uh, and we were able to bring in Carrie Underwood. So that will be the the uh, the weekend of July 20th. Uh, this year, uh, 2021, 2021, right. Uh, God willing that we have a vaccine and everybody's good to go. Cause you know, you can't just book a concert in a month like Mm-mm. this, you know, it's gotta be a real deal. So it's a giant concert. Ashley McBride is opening for, um, Zach Brown. It's going to be huge. So it is happening this year. God willing. I, and I saw you write something about this not too long ago. Tickets on sale now. Tickets going on sale at some point in the tickets future. Tickets went on sale last Friday. Okay, just yep. this past Friday. This past so Friday. What? Where do people go to find out more about it? TCSummerJam.com. TCSummerJam.com. We'll link to that as well. Thank you very much. And just know that he'll be... 
our good friend who joins us today, Chris Hockey, will be twisting at the end of a rope somewhere backstage, just <laughs> trying to make things move. Because rock stars, rock stars can't get out of their own way. When you tell me your story off air, I'm going to tell you mine about Weezer that year, which I'm sure Kim has already told you all about. Oh, yeah. Just cockmasters uh, from another planet. What rock a bun- bands, man, are hard to deal you with. You are sometimes. not allowed to both simultaneously rage with and against the machine. Oh, you're so right. About you that. showed up for a six-figure check. Get on the stage, monkey, and do your dance. <laughs> do your fucking dance. You took six figures for this, you fuckface. Where right. were you? I needed you. <laughs> it wouldn't have gone well. No, it I, would I would not, not have, have helped the situation. Let's get another song because yeah. we have two more songs to get yeah, yeah. in and negative four minutes left to do it in. I understand. So I have to. I'm. I, tell me who Tennille is. Tennille Towns is another great country music songwriter. Um, I, I don't really have to say anything more than listen to the words of the song. That's all. Th- this is fantastic.
Tell me your name one more time. Tennille Towns. And where did you come across Tennille Towns? I was, um, the, the old uh, Studio C is also the roadhouse for K102. Right. And I was walking by one day and um, they were just setting up and there's free pizza, you know, right? And there's a lot of artists that was coming through, uh, were, they, they come through there, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. baby bands and such like that. And sometimes I just stand around and I stop by to get a piece of pizza and I heard her play that song, Somebody's Daughter. And and uh, it's such a well-written song. You know, I I love when a songwriter can take an everyday moment and write an entire song about it. And you're like, yeah, that's how I feel too. And she, you know, she talked about it before she played it. She was, every day in Nashville, she would drive by the same girl standing there asking for a dollar. Mm. And she wrote this whole song about what she thought that girl was standing there for and what happened to her life beforehand. And it's beautiful. There's That whole record's great. And uh, there's an acoustic version that sounds even better, but I love Tennille. One of the things I've learned working at a record store is there's amazing music coming out every day. For mm. people who are like, ah, there's just not very much that's good out there anymore. Don't give up. Yeah. Don't stop looking. Keep I mean, maybe maybe Tennille is not everyone's cup of tea that's listening right now. Right. But for a handful of people, they're like, holy crap, and they're going to go find more of her music. There are people making incredible music every day. So when I hear people either say there's nothing good anymore or write off whole genres of music just sort of out of hand, like, I don't really like country music. Well, to me, that's one of the laziest things I've ever heard. Because mm-hmm. the two songs you've played so far, you know, when you think about artists like that, or a Chris Stapleton, or, you know, like you said, Zach Brown Band, or Eric Church, I mean, there are, there are bands, some of them more successful within the Nashville realm, others not quite as... Jason Isbell, to mm-hmm. this day, remains one of my very favorite American singer-songwriters of the last 10 years. There are so many good songwriters and, and music creators out there, and maybe it's not in that arena. Maybe it's it's a weird electric artists like 10 Tricks Point Never or whoever, yeah. there's so much good stuff out there happening all the time that you, if you are bored with your music selections or if you think that good music's not being made, it's not that it's not. It You're being lazy and you have to, sometimes you have to work harder. They don't bring the museum to your house. You have to go find it, man. You gotta find the art. You Look just have to. Did you hear that? We gotta get fucking t-shirts made. They don't bring the museum to your house. And, but I'm, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. That's really fun good. Of you. No, that's really good. That's a brilliant that fucking is. phrase. I right love there. that. They I don't love that. Bring the museum to your house. I'm gonna think about that while Sean tells us about what it's like to work for Dino Realty at 50th and France. Sean, in addition to being my business partner and producer of the show, is also a sponsor of the show. And surprisingly, despite a worldwide global black plague and uh the fact that we're heading into winter somehow people are still buying and selling homes they are very thankful for that it's been a remarkable year and i think what's happened is people have spent so much time in their homes that they look at each other and they're either like let's fix it up and stay or get the bleep out of here get the bleep out of here or they're like we don't have enough room in this place should another pandemic come along so if you know of somebody who's looking to buy or sell, 612-859-2594. I try to do some special things for my clients, including music. Uh, sometime soon, we're going to have Sarah Morris go perform for somebody that uh, did a buy and sell with me. So I always try to bring music into the equation and, and get uh, the clients involved. 612-859-2594. That number is also text-worthy. We don't have a whole lot of time left, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate because, Chris Hockey, I have about 45 other things I'd like to talk to you about. Another show. Uh, that's what I'm going to ask. I would love that. You'll come back again, won't you? I would stay here and do it again right now. Yeah, I know you would. And, um, <laughs> I love it. 
And and vice versa, by the way. Um, I'm really, really thankful. As we, we talked, started off the show about being thankful. I'm very thankful that you came in today. I'm thankful that you and I are friends. That I've gotten to know your wife. Um, you know, when you talk about that song, someone's is it someone's or somebody's somebody's daughter? daughter yeah. Somebody's daughter. You and I both have mm. daughters who are. Well, mine's very grown, and mm. yours is about as grown as grown gets. Yeah, and she's 18. Yeah. Yeah, they both have. Oh my God, we both have adult daughters. Unreal. I remember when yours was a little baby toddler. Yeah, a minute ago. It was a minute ago, man, and mine's oh. 22, and yeah. oh, and so, yeah, no, songs like that become more poignant, and as emotional and weepy as you and I both are already, that <laughs> stuff only becomes more poignant, and it, it only, it fills you with joy you couldn't have guessed, but also, it also has the, the, the ability to crush your heart more than you ever guessed it could possibly be crushed. I'm dealing with that a lot right now. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, you know, she's about to graduate from high school and go off to college. Mm-hmm. I don't know who I am without, yeah. you know. Yeah. So we'll figure that out. Yeah, mine opted to not leave home. And there was a part of me who so desperately wants her to start her own adventure. Yeah. And there's another part of me that's like, don't you dare ever leave me. Right. I can't imagine this house without your laughter and your snide comments, <laughs> your, your your biting wit that crushes me. Like when, when she... When she decides to take the kids glove, kid gloves off, I don't know anybody better, more capable, or more willing to literally cut you to the quick, mm. and I never want her to leave. Good. But I also wanted to go have her own adventure. Yeah. Go yeah. do the thing. I only had one goal coming in here today, and that was not to break down, but yeah, you're right. I mean, that's that's the thing. Uh, Alex is 26. Mm-hmm. He's in Seattle. Mm. He's our oldest. And uh, I haven't seen him in 13 months. Come on. Seems impossible. That's hard, dude. Mm-hmm. That's really hard. But things are going well for Alex too. He's so smart. And yeah, he, he's um he's a uh, uh, coder for Amazon, right? And mm. so, like, if you talk to Alexa, and I hope I didn't just set off your machines wherever you're listening right now. <laughs> but if you talk to the A word, he's the guy who fixes that if it breaks. He, that's what he does. Alexa, he's, he's brilliant. Add the Brian Oak Show to favorites. Bitchin'. Oh, well done. I didn't even think about subverting the system. (laughs) You know, that's the problem is I've been out of the game for a little while. And so I'm glad your family's good. I'm glad I'm glad the kids are good. Um, You know, we've been we've been friends for a long time and it's good to see your face, man. And I'm so happy for your success. So the last thing I'll ask before we cut you loose and Mm -hmm. get to this last song. And I know how much this last song means to you. I've watched you perform this song. I've heard you play the song on the air many times. But before we get there, when it comes to, again, being a musician, Musician. You know, you you found yourself in a very unfortunate middle ground having to coordinate musicians and fans and business and all that garbage. But you've played a lot of shows. And I know that music, even with how busy you are, how early you have to get up, I know that music still matters to you. How do you scratch that particular itch? How do you fill that void in the age of COVID when you you're doing less than 10 percent of the shows you would normally do in a given year? Sure. Um, from a um, an outside in perspective. I actively find it, man. You you nailed it. And, you know, going back to the, what we were just talking about, I, I do something as simple as when I'm going to mow my yard in the summertime, um, I, I take it, uh, you know, I'm, I have all the different services, but I use Apple Music mm-hmm. and I find uh, um, a playlist of new hard rock that I've never heard before and just hit play and I mow my yard. 
You can actively find it. And you can do that for every genre, too. And you'd be amazed the amount of great stuff that is out there. Rock and roll has made a resurgence. If you haven't noticed it, that's your fault. It's back, man. There's great rock music out there. And there's some people who would argue that it never went away. I mean, yeah, like, so right. to my, my, my favorite band for the last 20 years, it's neck and neck, White Stripes only barely being out outpaced by Queens of the Stone Age. But both are excellent rock bands, yeah. right? But there, there's lots of new stuff. There's still emerging rock bands. And so I applaud utilizing those services to find it. But then, even before COVID, it was always important to me that if I found a band that I'm like, son of a bitch, Mastodon rules, go buy their freaking records and then go to their website and buy their t-shirts, especially Mastodon, because they've got some crazy (laughs) fucking mythical rock action t-shirts. The song they just covered from the Flaming Lips. Oh, I don't even know. Oh, son of a bitch. Haven't heard it. <laughs> Are you serious? No. You like Flaming Lips, I would guess. I do. Um, uh, I, I got to look it up. Um, I, I didn't know, it. to be honest with you. Um, so uh, Mastodon did a whole record of just covers. I did not know. Uh, okay. Mastodon is heavy and fun in the way, yeah. like, um, you're familiar with the band Red Fang out of Portland, Oregon? I, I, I've heard the like, name, dun, I, to be honest dun, with you. Dun, dun, For sure. Dun, 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 okay. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. And with math, but also still groovy as fuck and, and really good. All right. The name of the song that they covered is a spoonful weighs a time. It's, I hate to say it, I'll do respect to songwriters, I, I, I hate when people say, I like this version better than the original. Oh, that happens that a happens. ton, though. There, there's no problem Dude, with that. The birds wait till covering you hear Bob this. Dylan, they're better versions yeah, okay, than there you Bob go. Dylan's good, versions. Good, good, good. But, but I mean, again, it's up to the individual. Yeah. And I like Flaming Lips fine, uh, and I've seen them live a few times. Sure. But I love Mastodon, and I've never seen Mastodon live, but, but they bring heavy... Without it being so abusive and abrasive that you can't listen to it, it's still filled with hooks. It's yeah. fun fucking rock music. Yeah, yeah. Wait to hear this. I think what we're going to have to do is we'll play the outro song, but we'll play the Mastodon song afterwards and do a double bonus track. Dude. Cool by I, me. You, you will love this song. Okay, great. You will love this version of the song. Well, I love talking to you, and I'd like to do it all day, but we yeah. have to record another okay. episode of this. So Understood. we're going to say goodbye now, okay. but not forever, yes. obviously. You're coming obviously. back at some point, right? Promise you that. All right, thanks I, I for all you that. do for this community, not uh, just on the radio, but giving back. And thanks for well, everything that you do to make the Twin Cities better. Well, thank you, you both. appreciate it. I appreciate that, yeah. and the, uh, the community's given me so much, so thank you. KFAN is a sports talk radio station. If you think you are going to be punished by sports talk when you go there, <laughs> that any, anything but it's, it's, the, it's the reason I love going on that station. You want to go over to 1500, oh, then they can go deep on college sure. lacrosse for four hours. For sure. Fuck me. I can't do All right, it. No, good. I that, can't do it. That's why I like listening to you because you guys are good on pop culture. You're good on music. You do know your sports if people want to go there for that. Monday through Friday, 5.30 a.m. until 9 a.m. Yeah. And then the KFAN an after party which is where things get a little more adult yeah it's pretty ridiculous <laughs> i like yeah, it's it pretty though ridic- it's fun that, well, it's fun yeah the joy of the podcast i haven't yeah. worried about dropping an f-bomb since i started this thing it's- i haven't worried about it since you left the studio that one day. <laughs> <laughs> oh chris hockey i love you very much my best too, to your family Thank i'm thankful you so for a lot i'm thankful you came in today same to you sean Thanks, before bro. we bid you a fond farewell mm-hmm. yep. uh I know this song matters to you. I know this is one of your favorite songs. I'm not trying to make you cry, but I want to know, even though I think I know, I always like to hear you explain it because there's something about when you talk that makes me feel warm inside. Tell me why you love this song. And and this is is such a good song off a relatively dark record. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, Scarecrow is a dark record. Well, it is, and it was written at a dark time in a dark area. I mean, so uh, Scarecrow, it, as, a, as a record, is mostly about how hard it was for farmers to exist mm. at that point in time, and that's what gave uh, birth to Farm Aid. This record meant a lot to me for a million reasons. This song means a lot to me for a million reasons. Number one, John Mellencamp grew up in Seymour, Indiana, and as a kid who never wanted anything more than to be a, a rock star. I saw somebody in a town drivable from my hometown, the size of my hometown, become a rock star. And that literally made me believe it was possible for me. So that's number one. This song, I can't believe I knew enough back then, because I, again, I was so dumb, but the course of this <laughs> song, I, I don't have to say anything more about it than just tell you, days turn to minutes and minutes to memories. Life sweeps away the dreams that we have planned. You are young and you are the future. So suck it up and tough it out and be the best you can. Chris Hockey is the best there is. Thank you very much, man. Love you, man. Thank we'll you. talk again soon. Love you, too. Thanks for tuning into The Brian Oak Show. Don't forget the bonus Mastodon coming up next. But first, this song for Chris Hockey. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.
Cause now we're not